The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Rediscover sex and visit www.edenfantasies.com. Good afternoon. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored. No holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya. I'm ready for sex with Jaya. Are you, D-Love? I'm ready. What's it called when you have sex with somebody who's sleeping? Um, I don't know. It's not <laughs> necrophilia. No, that's dead people. It's not <laughs> somatic sex, right? Mm, is that what it's called? Somatic sex? <laughs> body sex. Um, I'm just like, I think, like, you should fall asleep today, and I should have sex with you. Okay. Because you need rest. Actually, kind of sounds good. <laughs> you need some sleep. Vaginal stimulation is down-regulating to the nervous system, so. That's true. And, D-Love, I am so in the need of relaxing and nurturing because last night I was up shooting for Playboy until very, very late into the wee hours of the morning. Yes. And we did a tantric harem theme for the show, Foursome. It was really fun. But I had my work cut out for me. Which brings me to our topic today, which is sexual shame. One of my personal missions in life is to help people overcome their sexual shame. Here today to help us is one of our EdenFantasies.com sex toy aficionados, Miss Victoria. Where's her theme song, do you love? Victoria! <laughs> Victoria! Don't get him started on the weird voices, though. Well, no, no. I just that want was you to call us, crazy last week. I just want you to call us nasty, dirty names this whole segment, since we're talking okay. about sexual shame. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that's uh, something else, though, D-Love. I think that's sort of like BDSM stuff. It is, but, you know, it's like that whole shame thing, like, oh, you dirty bitch, you, that kind of stuff. Wow, D-Love. Just, just give it to us, Victoria. <laughs> make us I think I'd good. rather just tell you about products that are going to make you feel good than make call us, you names that are going to make you feel bad. Make us feel dirty. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to jump right to the last thing I was going to talk about, which is the okay. naughty bubbles bubble bath. I can make Ooh. you feel clean. Mm. I got to get <laughs> After dirty you feel I dirty. Get, before I get clean. <laughs> so what's up with the naughty bubbles? Naughty bubbles are really pretty. That's what caught my eye about them because I tend to do a lot of these sneak peek videos for Eden now where – I see pretty much everything that comes in the door before we even put it up on the site. And I play with it, I smell it, I touch it, we do videos with it. Like, I really am hands-on with all of our products. And this is like this beautiful, pearly, kind of pink, shimmery, metallic, like just really, it looks like liquid pearls, pretty much, um, bubble bath by Booty Parlor. 
and all of the stuff they make is really nice, but really affordable, and the packaging's super cute. It all smells really good, and it's a it's like a luxury bubble bath. It's only nine ninety nine, and it comes in a pretty big container, and it leaves like a nice soft feel on your skin. A little bit of the fragrance, just a really cool product. And they have a massage oil too. Their massage oil smells amazing. It's got like a laundry list of things like cedar and fig and like tuberose and all the, these amazing smells that make it smell like, um, there's another thing in there too that I love. It's like five or six different like organic essences and it just smells amazing. I will say it sinks into your skin, not super fast, but it does. It doesn't leave a greasy residue. So if you're going to do a really long massage, you're probably going to have to reapply it. But the good thing is it leaves your skin supple instead of greasy, and you don't have to hop in the shower after a massage. Today, do you love, I want a naughty bubbles bubble 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 bath. <laughs> <Naughty> <laughs> I want a bubble bath. bath. A naughty bubbles bubble bath. That's hard to say. Try saying that. <laughs> do you love, try it. Naughty bubble, naughty <laughs> Naughty bubbles bubble bath. Naughty bubble bubble bath. Naughty bubble 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 bath. Naughty bubble bubble bath. <laughs> so the naughty bubbles bubble bubble. <laughs> I want one of those, and I don't stop the massage oil today. See, okay. now we we need a place where we can just go buy these in an instant. Like they need to create an internet where you can just have like your your product come somehow. It'll actualize it for you, like, you know, out of Star Trek or Harry Potter or something. (laughs) Uh, And then you've got another, another fun, 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 fun toy. Oh, yeah, the Be Curious by Be Swish. This came out a couple months ago, but it consistently gets really high reviews. It's a clitoral vibrator. It's solely for external stimulation, but you can use it hands-free, and it's super powerful. So it's shaped... It's ergonomic, so it's shaped to kind of fit your hand, but it's also shaped to fit your mons and rest with the pointed end, not pointy-pointy, but like a pointed rounded end, to kind of cup and lay on top of your clit. And the vibrations start out standard, you know, straight vibration, but then as you go through the patterns, it has seven different patterns and functions. They get really deep and thrummy. I was shocked by how powerful such a small toy is, and it's rechargeable, it's super quiet, it lights up, so you can use it in the dark because the control panel, the little buttons actually light up. It's just a really, really cool toy, and we're going to continue to carry it because we love it so much. Awesome. So, everybody, you can go to EdenFantasies.com, and our coupon code this week is SELF-LOVE. You can type in all one word, SELF-LOVE, <laughs> all one word, at checkout for 25% off your purchase. And, you know, I have a question for you, Victoria, because... There are a lot of people who are ashamed that they have to use toys. Like, like they feel like, and I don't want to say have to, but they feel like, oh, if I have to use a toy, then something's wrong with my sex life. There's shame about yeah. that. Or there's also, like, I see it when I go on interviews in the media. They're like, you can't say the V word. I'm like, what, vagina? I can't say vagina. They're like, no, you can't say vibrator. That's so crazy. I mean, I will, I will admit, I had a boyfriend years ago who was not cool with me having toys. And, I mean, it wasn't like, we didn't live together or anything, but I mentioned that I occasionally use them. And he was threatened by them, and it was a really negative, negative thing for him, and it just sucked. And I think that a lot of people worry about that, that they worry that the people in their lives are going to perceive them as 
being too needy or their partner's going to think they're not satisfying them if, if the partner uses toys. And I, I feel bad about that. I see that talked about on our forums sometimes. You know, people will bring it up in a thread like, how do I approach this new partner I'm with and let them know that I like toys or how do I deal with my boyfriend being so threatened by me using toys? Hmm. One of the things I loved about D-Love when I met him, I knew he was the guy for me because he owned his own sex toys. Nice. <laughs> I was like, here's a guy who owns his own sex toys. I'm into him. It was awesome. And you know Very what? Cool. The, even the sex toy shop owners, he referred me to them. Yeah, I, yeah, Freddie and Eddie. Yeah. Yep. Turned so, you, you know, like here in Venice, there's a little store, and I went in, they're like, oh, yeah, we know your partner. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. Uh, speaking of people who are really great at not having sexual shame, you have Buck Angel on your community interview this week. Yep, right now. We actually launched Buck's new column this week on Sexist, More Bang for Your Buck, where he's just being very, <laughs> it's awesome. He's like totally talking about his life and his experiences. And um, this first one was actually about getting comfortable with his vagina and taking proper care of it and like not being weird about going to the gynecologist and just kind of dealing with it and being, you know, comfortable with it. So that I thought was an awesome way to open the door to people and just be like, here's who I am. This is my new column. Here's what you should expect, you know, when, when like reading my work. And I, I just love the tone from the very get go with him. And we have him on community interview, which means anyone can ask him a question up until midnight on Sunday even if you're not a member of the Eden Fantasies community, which to register takes like two minutes, it's free, you can even just use Facebook Connect. If you're logged into Facebook, you can come over and ask a question. And he's been getting amazing questions already. I think he has about 50 questions in the last uh, two or three days. Who, for those of you who didn't catch it, Buck is a man with a vagina. And he's been on the show twice, so we love Buck here. He's just really great and really spreading really wonderful awareness about um, who he is and just overcoming, I think, overcoming the sexual shame that we have in our culture. So you have your Eden Fantasies contest, your ca- your cafe contest, actually. Mm-hmm. Can Eden you just Fantasies tell it has a quickly, community what's blog, the difference right. between Eden Cafe and Eden Fantasies? Um, Eden Cafe is the community-based blog. So where Sexist Magazine is, is different writers that we work with and, uh, featured columnist EdenCafe.com is our reviewers and people who post on our forums and people who are a part of our review community actually write articles about what's real for them, their personal experiences, their thoughts, you know, different editorial like that. So it's all kind of community-based writing. And it's really cool. And we do a weekly contest over there. So that silicone double-ended G-spotting dildo I talked about last week, the Isis by Luxadique, we're giving that away on Eden, EdenCafe.com this week. Awesome. So people can go to EdenFantasies.com to get 25% off their purchase using coupon code SELFLOVE, all one word. You can go to EdenCafe.com, enter to win the Isis Silicon double-ended G-Spot dildo. I just love that. <laughs> and Buck Angel's giving away prizes. He's choosing his top three favorite questions. And um, each person will win autographed DVDs, and then the top two winners get autographed T-shirts, and the first prize winner also gets an Eden Fantasies gift card. So lots of prizes. Awesome. And then do you have a Twitter contest, too? Well, you can enter on Twitter, or you can enter by commenting on Eden Cafe, and we also tell everyone on Twitter about all of our contests. So if you follow us on Twitter 
or become a fan or like us as it's known now on Facebook, you get to, you kind of get like alerts about all of our contests or community interviews, all that stuff. So we do tweet about it every day though. Mm-hmm. So on our topic of sexual shame, I think that the whole community is just really good because it gets people talking about sex. So I really recommend people to go and just, you know, check out EdenFantasies.com, EdenCafe.com and just become part of the community, even if you just want to be a voyeur and read about stuff. You know, I think that, that there's people who like to post things, but you don't have to post things. You can just go there and be part of the conversation by reading them. Although you're And you can to always comment, them. too. Even Sexist Magazine has an area for you to comment on the articles. And so you can let us know what you're thinking or give us feedback on those articles, too, which is always very helpful. Mm-hmm. It also helps to have a community that's supportive, too. And I think that there's a lot of positivity going on within your community that, you know, if somebody is like, oh, I'm dealing with sexual shame, how do I overcome this issue of, you know, I don't want to have oral sex or whatever it is, um, that they can put that out there and put it out there and people will help them with that. So I think that's oh, good There was an amazing, I think, um, an amazing amount of, um, like, community spirit and support for each other this month because we did a lot of pieces around sexual assault being that April was sexual assault awareness month and Mm -hmm. people came forward and told their stories for the first time in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that was really powerful that especially was featured on Eden cafe. And I was just really impressed and moved by how supportive they were of each other, how honest they were with the public and how just raw and vulnerable that people were being. It was, I think a very empowering um, theme overall for us to approach, and it was—it turned out to be very positive. It was really good. Thank you so much, Victoria, for being on again and being our sex toy aficionado this week. Go to EdenFantasies.com for twenty-five percent off your purchase. Just use coupon code Self Love at checkout. We will come back with our guest, author of. The Politics of Lust, and we are going to talk more about sexual shame and what he calls erotophobia. More Sex with Jaya when we return. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. When Zaya was pregnant, we wanted to make sure that we stayed intimately connected, that we made touch a priority. She even created her own pleasurable perineal massage, which we felt compelled to share with other couples like us. So, of course, we made an instructional video just for you. This new release features sensual massage for pregnancy, positioning guides, tips for orgasmic birth, and a special feature from the revolutionary film Birth of the New World. Guys, treat her to sensual touch and pleasurable genital massage. Moms-to-be, let them know you want connection and intimacy. Visit www.redhottouch.com to download instantly or purchase a DVD. You and your partner will be so glad you did. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, 
strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy send an email to jaya at missjaya.com that's j-a-i-y-a at missjaya.com now back to sex with jaya our guest today is John Ince, the author of The Politics of Lust. We're talking about sexual shame today. And, you know, D-Love, I always have to do my sexes article review. Yes. And this week I related a lot to an article by Sarah Sloan who wrote um, Observations of a Sex-Positive Gypsy, Sex and Shame. First of all, I have to say that I've had almost the same exact experience. I'm a sex educator. People ask me all the time about why I do what I do. And, yes, I love teaching people about sex. I love being a hands-on, show-and-tell sex educator. But, you know, I think I have the best job ever. But just as Sarah says, sometimes I feel like I'm trying to teach fish to swim upstream. I think the root of this is sexual shame. And just like Sarah, I remember a similar experience when a medical professional told me that I should break up with my boyfriend because he was bisexual. Mm. It wasn't just the words that she said. It was like this attitude that she had, like as if my acceptance and my love for my partner was this awful thing and as if my choice to be with him, even if he had slept with men, was ultimately going to destroy me. Mm. And I remember feeling that, you know, I should quickly start lying because she suggested that I needed to go through counseling because I was now a high-risk person, and she just made me feel really awful. I felt so awful that I told her that I was in a monogamous relationship with him now and that he was no longer with men, and we were, you know, like all this stuff just so I didn't have to go through counseling. Right. So you <sighs> you chose to lie um, to her, which is what most people end up doing with 
sexual shame is they lie to other people or they lie to themselves right. to uh, avoid having to sort of confront being true to themselves yes. or others. Sexual shame rearing its ugly head again, and it does it, you know, I think I've cleared it all, and then some little thing pops up, and I realize, oh, there it is again. Mm. Well, it's so prevalent on the outside world that it's there to, you know, there to rear up and have you think, confront you over and over again about it. Yes, yes. So go to sexismagazine.com, read Sarah's great article um, about her most shaming experience, which is very similar to mine, but I, I thought that was very interesting. I'm also doing a little survey. My survey is where do you think sexual shame comes from? You can call in and comment to us right here, one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, or comment on my Facebook page. I've already got some going, facebook.com slash Jaya, or you can go to Twitter and send me a tweet. Uh, Jaya NWSE is my Twitter now, on to our guest author of The Politics of Lust, John Ince. Hello, John. Hello. How are you today? I'm well. Great. The sun is shining, us... almost. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about um, your background? You know, uh, you have this book, The Politics of Lust, and you're also the founder of The Art of Loving. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about um, who you are? Sure. Uh, I live in Vancouver, Canada, and it is Canada's San Francisco, I guess we could say. A uh, high number of sex-positive people live here. I am 58 years old, and I've been a sexual activist for 28 of those years. Uh, started in an unusual way as a lawyer and uh, was doing environmental cases way back in the 80s and attracted the attention of people who were pushing sexual edges, uh, people trying to import gay literature, people producing sexually explicit material, and they were having legal problems. And I was amazed when I saw how inarticulate the law, uh, lawyers, judges, prosecutors were when it came to sex. They'd use really vague terms like we're prohibiting, quote, immoral media, quote. Mm. And what does that mean? And, you know, for a lawyer, being clear and precise is the um, is key. And uh, so I started to check that out in detail. Why are usually finally um, articulate lawyers and legal people really imprecise when it comes to sex? And... Basically, I found that the answer is what the subject of your show is, sexual shame. That, there's, that one of the outcomes of feeling uncomfortable about sexuality is just what you guys were talking about earlier, is the inability to articulate, is uh, the compulsion to lie, to abbreviate, to not really explore what it is you're really involved in. And mm -hmm. I saw that first in the judgments of, of judges around sexuality. And I, got, I asked myself, well, why is that? Why are judges that way? Why can they craft really fine decisions about mortgage law or maritime law but are, have the eloquence of a 14-year-old when it comes to sex? And that's <laughs> a book called uh, The Politics of Lust. Awesome. So that led you to your book. 
And um, so I've been reading your book. I've been taking it to the gym with me as I'm reading and <laughs> thinking about all the other women in the gym who may have uh, erotophobia. And your first chapter talks about the fig leafing of our genitals. And, uh, I, I love that. I love some of your terms in the book. But I want to get to the effects that sexual shame has had on us. And I've got a lot of comments coming in here to my Facebook page, so I just want to read one of these. My question was, where do you think sexual shame derives from? Culture, religion, medicine, parents. And now it's even showing up in politics, as you're saying, in the law system, John. And um, so a lot of people are saying all of the above. Um, But uh, a lot of people are also talking about society's attempt to control people by forcing them to deny their desires, one guy is saying here. It's, a, it's not a cultural thing, it's societal. So I find well, that interesting, too. I, I try to get to the root of shame, or what social scientists have called erotophobia. Um, and interestingly, it's got a very um, non-intuitive root, um, what ultimately causes sexual shame are social relationships, whether in your family, your church, your, your business, or your culture at large, which are hierarchical, based on top-down command. Consider like a traditional family where, you know, a woman is under the thumb of her husband, as is common in many traditional cultures, and where children are beaten, um, where... Contrast that sort of traditional family with the modern yuppie um, family where uh, the husband and wife are equal. They both earn roughly the same. If they have children, the children, you know, they've long abandoned the concept of beating their kids. This was common in the 50s and 60s. A very more egalitarian family system. And when you compare those two, you will see in the dominant family way more sexual fear than in the more egalitarian family. And when you take that, that same model and look at, compare a church, a church like the Catholic Church, which is very top-down, it's, it's not run by the laity, it's run by the top, women can't be, be priests, and um, you compare that with a very egalitarian church, like the, say, the Unitarian Church, and then you compare their sexual ideology, and you will see that in the Catholic Church it's incredibly sex-negative and fearful of sex, and in the Unitarian Church, it's, it's much more relaxed. And you can do the same analysis on a cultural level. You compare Saudi Arabia to, say, Sweden, mm-hmm. and one, again, massive top-down dominance, no democracy, women can't drive, uh, homosexuality is a serious offense. Um, and in Sweden, it's very egalitarian. And, again, compare their sexual cultures, and in one you'll see relaxed and the other incredibly uptight. And so there's this fascinating system whereby uh, top-down power systems um, um, create erotophobia, and egalitarian systems produce much more relaxed. Mm. And why that's the case is probably, this isn't maybe the, the place to go into that complex subject, but that's the ultimate root, is top-down power systems. Mm-hmm. 
so power has a lot to play within our sexual shame and how we feel about it. What effect do you think this has had on women? And we only have one minute, so maybe we'll have to come back to this when we get back from break. But just to think about uh, both men and women, the effects that sexual shame have had on us. I know just personally some of the things, because I'm constantly peeling those layers of sexual shame, um, you know, not enjoying pleasure being a big major one. Um, and D-Love, I, I want you to think about it, too. And do we have any Twitters coming in, D-Love, before we go to break? A couple quick uh, tweets about um, what is at the root of sexual shame. Well, mo- many of them are referring to culture, religion, parents, basically the same things you were um, just talking about there. Um, you know, the Catholic Church, just like he, uh, our guest was mentioning, being a, uh, this person says, being raised Catholic, the... Um, answer is easy. It kind of, the shame comes from God, or maybe it's priests, eh? <laughs> Canadian. Interesting. Interesting. So when we return, we will answer this question. What effect has sexual shame had? And if you want to call in and share with, with us what, sec- what kind of effect sexual shame has had on you, you can call 1-866-472-5788. More Sex with Jaya when we return. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. When Zaya was pregnant, we wanted to make sure that we stayed intimately connected, that we made touch a priority. She even created her own pleasurable perineal massage, which we felt compelled to share with other couples like us. So, of course, we made an instructional video just for you. This new release features sensual massage for pregnancy, positioning guides, tips for orgasmic birth, and a special feature from the revolutionary film Birth of the New World. Guys, treat her to sensual touch and pleasurable genital massage. Moms-to-be, let them know you want connection and intimacy. Visit www.redhottouch.com to download instantly or purchase a DVD. You and your partner will be so glad you did. Haiti has been hit hard by a deadly earthquake. Destruction is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Sensuality, 
you're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. We're back and here with the love and John Ince, and we're talking about the politics of lust. For more information, you can always visit my website, redhottouch.com, missjaya.com, either one, they go to the same place. I'm about to launch a web TV program I'm so excited about. I can't wait to get that up. And i just seen the first cuts of the oral sex series. Very, very exciting. So I can't wait to get that in all of your hands. RedHotTouch.com for more information about me and what we're up to. But now back to sexual shame after my little plug. <laughs> Do you love, did you think about it? Did you think about what effect sexual shame has had on you? I think it's had just a myriad of um, not so subtle to, you know, growingly more and more subtle effects on um how I initially dealt with women, um, having misperceptions about uh, the ideas of what that women were actually very sexual beings. Um, I think I inherited an idea that uh, sex wasn't something that women were really into and men were imposing their will on them. Mm. Um, that came from the Victorian era. Yeah. Well, I've learned quite the opposite. You know, women like women like on. sex. Yes, women love sex, maybe even more than men. I think there's might even be a, um, you know, like men like to get off and women love sex. Mm. So, I mean, big generalization. But, and then on a subtle level, it's always at play, even in just little uh, nervous laughs or um, me, you're, you're by far the most open partner I've ever had about any of this stuff. And there's still stuff of like, Oh well, you know, can I express that to Jaya and she'll be okay with it, or it's still like a question mark for me. Hmm. So, John, what effect do you think sexual shame has had on men and women? Well, echoing the comments just stated, um, it's it's been to first of all shut down a significant amount of pleasure, um, and I, in my own life, I can speak of personally. You know, I was a 13-year-old kid and going through puberty and getting horny, and this wasn't really being talked about. Uh, you know, we're talking in the dark ages of the 60s, um, but it hasn't changed all that much. And so I started playing with myself and and having orgasms, and nobody really had normalized this. I thought I was weird, and... Um, you know, there was sort of tisk tisk talk amongst my my teenage peers, but there was it wasn't open. It wasn't like my father never said, "Geez, you know, you've got a wonderful world opening up. Let me give you some tips." Or there wasn't my father's friends gathering and and talking about sexuality and and just making it normal. And I would just sit and listen. It was all a subject that had huge significance in my mind and my body but there was no words related to it and I felt 
that I was doing something slightly weird because if this was normal and natural, it would be discussed. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that my parents were suffering the very type of sexual shame I was learning right there. They were, in effect, passing it on to me. Like, and this is what I argue in Politics of Lust, is that sexual shame is like an infection, a fascinating psychosocial disease that is passed in that way because my parents were inhibited about talking about sex because their parents were in the culture at large. I got it. And then, you know, throughout my life, I, like everybody, um, had, and when I started to discover the existence of this, I could go, oh, there it is. And I could work on overcoming it. But that started, you know, fairly late in my life. I mean, in my, in my 20s and 30s. And it's just so tragic. Like, we, we, we just wish there was a really sex-positive education system. Um, mm-hmm. And even when we try, and other people have had the same experience of, of having courses for parents on how to teach sex-positive children, they're very, very poorly attended. Mm-hmm. It's it's as you were saying earlier at the top of the show. You sort of it's we're we're fighting uh, a system, and it can be very discouraging at times. So, what do you think? You know, with pe- with people, we know that there's the issue. A lot of us, I think, all of us have sexual shame in some way. One of my teachers actually said we've all been sexually abused in some way because of this. Um, what might someone do to overcome sexual shame? And I'd love for all of us kind of the, to make this a discussion about all of our views on it. Um, D. Love, would you like to throw in some things about how you've helped yourself overcome this? Um, I think having experience of sort of um, less than adequate sex of a, a less than adequate sexual life and um, not knowing. Who how to be or or what to be for my partners being one big reason why uh, I was having a dissatisfying marriage and um, all that. It became, when when, um, that relationship ended, it became an absolute priority for me to say, that's not happening again. So who am I? What am I bringing to the table? And doing, being very, very conscious about wanting to make room for my partners to express themselves uh, with whatever they wanted, whether it was, you know, some kind of particular way of having sex or whether they wanted to be polyamorous or whatever it was without, and and leaving judgment to the side. You know, if I had a reaction to something, looking to myself for the reason as opposed to, like, thinking that was, there was anything weird or or off about their desire. So in you giving permission to your partners, you also gave permission to yourself. That was a way that you were... Yeah, and, uh, you know, making, being very clear that that's what I demanded of myself was was expressing myself um, with the potential cost of not having a relationship with certain people, but Mm -hmm. making sure I'm putting it out there so they can just choose or, or I can see if they do have some kind of judgment and and either address that or, if it's not addressable, move on. Mm-hmm. So, John, how would you answer that question? How might someone overcome sexual shame or even past you know, sexual hurts? Because I know sexual abuse can also bring about sexual shame. That's true. Sexual abuse is, is, is very erotically toxic. Um, well, there are many avenues. 
Um, one is therapy, and of course, as we all know, um, there is a, a growing body of expertise and growing numbers of sex therapists in in North America as universities and special institutes are taking sexuality ther- seriously. So, you know, most towns will have a credentialed sex therapists. There is just general education. There are books, um, books that describe what shame is about and its roots, like mine, The Politics of Lust. There are, there are guides and how-to books to, to step-by-step introduce you to um, sexual practices for which you might be inhibited but also curious. There are workshops, and again, um, there's a whole burgeoning, very small industry, micro-industry of sex-positive education in in, in most of the large towns in the United States, maybe, I'm guessing, 12, 15 towns, there's a store like Bayland or Good Vibrations or in Vancouver, my store, The Art of Loving, which are all offering sex-positive um, seminars. And there are some growth centers now that... Um, are offering five uh, and seven day workshops focused on sexuality. I know we have one at the Haven um, um, Growth Institute in British Columbia. And so sexuality is becoming a little more mainstream where gen- generic growth centers are, are paying attention to that. So all of those resources would be available to somebody who wants to grow their sexuality. And what website could they go to to get some of those? resources from you? Well, um, again, um, Googling um, sex-positive retail store in their area would likely bring up the Babe Lands, Good Vibrations, and Art of Lovings of the World, and um, I don't know, Googling Conscious Sexuality, uh, Workshop, um, things like that. I'm perhaps in in your area, they're like I, I haven't looked recently, but um, the growth centers around LA and San Francisco must have um, workshops on sexuality. Um, and you lots, can also go to the sexparty.com to see your or .ca sex, yes. the sexparty.ca to see what you're up to as far as politics go and getting some shift going with a political party, the first ever. Yeah, we're political we, party. that's right. The sex party is the first registered political party to try to introduce um, policies at the literally the government level, both sex education and um, getting rid of laws that prohibit um, healthy expression of sexuality. Like for example, in Canada right now, there's a major court case challenging laws which affect polyamorous couples, uh, like triads and quads. And you don't have to be very experimental in sexuality to run afoul of laws, and most of those laws are shame-based. And so our political party is, is trying to work at, at the social level to, to change some of the causes of shame. Awesome. Great work. When we return, I'm going to give my two cents about ways that you can overcome sexual shame simply over the weekend. More Sex with Jaya when we return.
talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. When Zaya was pregnant, we wanted to make sure that we stayed intimately connected. So we made touch a priority. She even created her own pleasurable perineal massage, which we felt compelled to share with other couples like us. So, of course, we made an instructional video just for you. This new release features sensual massage for pregnancy, positioning guides, tips for orgasmic birth, and a special feature from the revolutionary film Birth of the New World. Guys, treat her to sensual touch and pleasurable genital massage. Moms-to-be, let them know you want connection and intimacy. Visit www.redhottouch.com to download instantly or purchase a DVD. You and your partner will be so glad you did. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. I have my little tips for releasing sexual shame. I invite you over the weekend or the coming week, my, my homework assignment, maybe I should start giving a homework assignment every week on the show, is educating yourself a little bit and reframing sexuality. So if you find that you have something that you're ashamed of, let's just use the example of self-touch. Um, we call it masturbation, but masturbate, the word actually has shame within it. So does the nerve that innervates the G-spot, pudendal nerve, which means the nerve of shame. So it's just very interesting that we have these things in our body. So how do we reframe it? Because we don't want to call it that. 
So how about self-pleasuring? And it's self-pleasuring doesn't have to include your genitals. Or what about even making it a biology class? You know, it's in the name of science to take a look at your genitals and see what's going on down there, as we would call it. Um, it those of us who are shamed, <laughs> maybe. Or maybe it's a cute little term. But um, looking at your own genitals and framing it as if this is a biology class. You want to learn about yourself, just like you know your fingerprints or the back of your hand, that your genitals don't have that much charge, that they can just be like your hand or your face, just like knowing your face when you look in the mirror, um, that you can know all your parts. Because how are you going to really tell your partner how to pleasure you if you don't know all your parts? So I strongly encourage... Just reframing it. It doesn't have to be masturbation. It can be self-pleasure or it can be biology class for yourself. A little self-education. I also really encourage you to attend a class. If you can find a class in your neighborhood, some kind of sex-positive type class at some of these places that John was talking about, there's a lot offered. There's also stuff online. There's tons of stuff that you can read and find and even little webinars and all kinds of um, information that's out there. There's a great book that I would all recommend, A Course in Freedom by Lawrence Lanoff. This really helps to see where you may have shame that's subconscious that you may not even know about and to break free of that um, from cultural conditioning, religion, politics, all these things, medicine, all the things that we've been talking about. So those are my little two-cent tips. And, but I want to get back to uh, something we were talking about during the break, which is just, um, you know, you were talking, John, about uh, someone who had your book and couldn't open it on the transit. That's right. So if you could talk about that just a little bit, just just all these little places where sexual shame shows up. Yeah, well, it, it's just endless um, in my life, seeing it again and again and again, um, just not wanting to be seen holding a book with a cover called The Politics of Lust, or mm. people who come into um, our sex door and they admit that this was an immense amount of courage to walk through the door just to come into a sex shop and um, people who are horrified when they discover their husband looking at porn on the internet mm -hmm. and um, uh, governments that won't allow the depiction of normal human body parts, like a nipple, on normal television, and newspapers that will not allow uh, words, Anglo-Saxon words that reflect sexual body parts and sexual behaviors that I've carefully avoided saying myself. I've been and, shooting with... Um, uh... What? Playboy that I've been shooting with Playboy this week, and one of the shoots was on Victorian sex. And uh -huh. So I did all this research, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, so much sexual shame just coming out of that era." Of like, it, for example, you were talking about not being able to view certain body parts and things like that. Well, in that time, doctors were not allowed to look at a naked female or examine a naked female body, or dissect a naked female body. So that's when we lost a lot of our pleasurable anatomy and only the reproductive parts were allowed in the anatomy books. Uh -huh. But also, women were dying because they weren't allowed to be examined properly. And you see this in uh, you know, a good part of the Islamic world today is where you know, women can't be seen by a male doctor, so they die. 
And, um, but in our culture, I mean, even like the nudity prohibition, just consider that. You know, why is it that I can't go into the public park, Stanley Park, one of the world-class parks, an urban park, it's right out my door, it's got a thousand acres, and if I just calmly took off my clothes and lay down on the grass and read a book, you know, somebody could report me and bango, um, there go armed men can show up, they're called police officers, and put handcuffs on me and take me away just because the very narrow range of my body was visible. It wasn't my earlobe or my elbow, it was my penis. Mm -hmm. Just the sight of my penis entitles people to arrest me, a normal human body part. This is also one of the platforms of the, of the sex party is to change these. Like, What does that teach a community that the sight of a normal human body part is somehow so weird to so many people that they've created a law to prohibit you revealing that and, you know, not in any offensive or designed to, to, to shock anybody, but you're just minding your own business. Mm-hmm. And YouTube, we just had a sex educational video on YouTube that's been up, got 400,000 hits, and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they say, uh, you, can't, you can't have that on YouTube. We don't know why, yeah. but uh, it was, you know, no nudity or anything. It was just talking about sex. Mm-hmm. My Everywhere video you turn, too. There I had is one weird. that had over a million, and it got flagged and taken off too. So I, I feel you there. Yeah. And you know, me too. With the the nudity, I always think it's really funny that nudity is such a taboo in our culture. I used to be an exotic dancer in in my formal di- former days, and I always thought it was really funny that people paid me money to be naked when I would just do it for fun. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is so odd that we have a profession that's just about taking off your clothes. And that people pay lots of money to see that. I just thought it was so humorous. I have my entire life because, boy, you know, if I could just do it in public, I would be happy as a clam because I I love, especially like things like just having the sun on my skin because it's a great day outside and I want all of my body exposed. You know, it's so healthy. So, sexual shame showing up everywhere. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. D Love, do we have any new tweets that came in? Uh, no new tweets. I have a new a new one. This person is saying, I'd say that religion is primarily responsible for sexual shame. I believe it's the reason that so many cultures see sex as shameful. She goes There's an interesting article on Huffington Post that was about Gandhi and his um, um, abstinence and uh-huh. increasing movement towards that. And the, the, the theme of the article is just the question of where did God get separated from religion? and talking about a lot of the ancient texts, so especially in the Jewish tradition, there's things within the Jewish tradition of it's incumbent on the male to make sure that his wife is, is pleased sexually, hmm. um, and that the, that is a reason for the woman, for the, for the marriage ending if the woman is not pleased. So, you know, there, there's roots in religion for support of sex. You know, what's the phrase... Um, something and go forth and multiply or something and multiply. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people writing that on my thing, too. Prosper and multiply, something like that. Well, unfortunately, we have to go. Thank you, John, so much for being part of the show. I've definitely enjoyed Sex with Jaya. I've enjoyed Sex with Jaya. Have you? It's been a pleasure.
Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Rediscover sex and visit www.edenfantasies.com. You have been listening to Sex with Jaya. For more, you'll have to tune in next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time to the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, make it the best weekend ever with tips you've learned from today's show. Thanks again for joining us.